Welcome to another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is your host, Darren. So what's going on in the world this week? Now, there's a lot of stuff that is, I mean, well, I don't know. Why, why even bury the lead? I mean, you got Defenders and Game of Thrones. They're the two biggest things going on this week. And frankly, because they're so big, I'm going to go ahead and not talk about them in this episode. I know that's 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 stupid. Why not? talk about the things that are the biggest things that are happening in in the geek universe right now. But I want to devote an entire episode to talking about the Defenders. And that's going to be the next episode, the next episode coming up, the one uh, next week. Uh, The other one is going to be an entire episode devoted to this season of Game of Thrones. And it's going to be right after the finale. So I'm going to be talking about the entire season, speculating on next season, telling you what I want to see. And hopefully in the lead up to that, you'll tell me what you want to see, what your theories are. How are they going to wrap this show up? So I'm going to go ahead and put those to the side for a second, because the episode that we're doing today is actually going to be about comic books. Because at the end of it, I've got a an interview with an indie comic writer uh, named Todd Black, who has a really great um, graphic novel that he's trying to get uh, kicked, that he's trying to get funded, that I've read the first uh, few pages of, that I think is is really sweet, really uh, really interesting. It's it's all ages. And it's a really fun fun story. So uh, I'm gonna be talking to him later. So since we're gonna talk about the world of comics, um, I said. Probably just kind of going into like some basic uh, comic book um, news. Let's talk about um, Black Lightning. So you know, Black Lightning is going is going to have his own uh, CW show, not starting in January. But the original creator of Black Lightning, of Black Lightning, uh, Tony Isabella, actually is doing a mini series. He's coming back to write the character that he created in 1977. And he's and it's a story called Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands. So that should give you an indication of kind of what the storyline is going to be about. But he's coming back to actually uh, write a new uh, Black Lightning story. And is going to be drawn by Clayton Henry. And what the difference is between this story and the, uh, the upcoming series is that this is going to show uh, Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, uh, in his late 20s as a teacher. So he's not going to have any children. So it's 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 going to be. It sounds like an interesting uh, premise because he's also uh, Isabella. Also looks like he's going to be making some changes to Tobias Whale as a character. And you know, Tobias Whale is uh, Black Lightning's like main villain. So it's going to be um, it's going to be intriguing to see what he does with the character and how he changes it. And especially since he's saying one of the first things he's doing is not making him albino. So that's going to be strange. It's going to be a different look for Tobias Whale. So in other comic book news, um, Dark Horse Comics is going to release a new comic from the pages of Hellboy. And it is Rasputin, the voice of the dragon. Now, if you're familiar with the uh, the Hellboy uh, comic, if you're familiar with the first movie, frankly, um, then you know that... Um, then you know about Rasputin's role in uh, in Hellboy, um, but this is uh, an exclusive story that that was given to the Hollywood Reporter, um, showing that there's a spinoff comic coming from the world of Hellboy 
that will showcase the origins of Rasputin. So um, it's titled The uh, Rasputin Voice of the Dragon. It's going to dive into the mythology of how Rasputin joined the Nazis during World War II. So it's it it looks interesting. I'm really uh, I'm really a huge fan of Hellboy and the world of Hellboy, and I love the BPRD uh, series. So anything that can enhance uh, my enjoyment of the Hellboy series is definitely something I want to be on board with. So I'm going to be picking it up because the first issue of Rasputin: The Voice of the Dragon is going to be available on digital and in comic book stores November 29th. Also, I mean, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how awesome Dark Knight's Metal is. I mean, it's it's an amazing book, and it's another one that, frankly, I really just want to do a whole episode on because I could, because I could talk about it from start to finish. Like I could talk about just the forge and the casting and everything leading up to it, and then talk about the issue itself. And then I want to talk about the spinoffs because I want to talk about like the the different uh, dark multiverse Batman that are going to be descending on Gotham I want to talk about the Batman who laughs like uh, as their leader like all of these things are plot points that I want to talk about that I want to dive deep in and hopefully uh, as with uh, the uh, episode a couple episodes back I might actually get to talk to Scott Snyder again about it and you know not not to spoil it but just kind of you know really just kind of like fan gush over it so I'm actually going to like open it up to questions so any questions you have for Scott Snyder Please go ahead and email me at uh, superpoweredfancast at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter and ask your questions uh, at superpoweredfan because I really because I'm I'm hoping to get uh, get Scott on board to just kind of have just kind of hash out this conversation I think after um, the tie, the metal tie-ins come out and we just like just deep dive into just everything he was thinking when he decided to go with these dark multiverse versions of Batman just because all of them look so interesting and I really want to know more about now I could go on all day talking about just you know things I want to talk about and and I'm going to get to them and and especially in subsequent episodes so I'm going to please encourage you to come back and listen but this episode's about uh is about Todd it's about Todd Black it's about his uh it's about his story 10,000 uh Ten thousand miles. It's it's a really great story, and I want you all to know about it. So, um, uh, without further ado, um, this is my interview with um, with writer Todd Black. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren uh, coming to you from the Geeks Worldwide Network. And I'm excited to talk to a creator. And the reason why I'd say it that way is because one of the things I really enjoy about what I'm doing now is being able to talk to people who create, who actually put something new out into the world. And because so many different ideas, so many different things have been done or people say they've been done there. People who talk about how there's nothing new under the sun, but there always is. There's always going to be someone who has a new idea, a new concept, or even take something like a like an idea from childhood, or an idea that that that's almost um, that people talk about all the time to the point where it's it's part of the lexicon, and then go with it. And there, pe- and that's that's always been interesting to me, and it's actually kind of the crux of. Uh, of the comic uh, that I want to talk about and the creator of that comic. 
uh, Mr. Todd Black. So I'm going to say uh, to everyone who's listening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Todd Black. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> happy to be here. All right. I'm happy to have you here. So, uh, Todd, for um, for anyone who's uh, who's unfamiliar, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, like I said, my name is Todd Black. I am an indie comic writer and creator. Uh, I have uh, two comic series under my name in Guardians and Home, and I'm currently working on a third book called uh, 10,000 Miles, which is live now on Kickstarter. All right. And that's actually what I want to talk about because um, because the story is so – the story of 10,000 Miles is so compelling and uh, that I I really want people to – like, cause I, we're going to get like the, the link to your, uh, to your Kickstarter. We're going to put that on, uh, the website. We're going to put it on the, uh, going to put it on the podcast feed. Cause I want people to check it out because I did. And, yeah. <laughs> I checked it out and I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. That's kind and that's prompting why we're, why we're talking today. So, uh, just kind of, you know, without, um, without spoiling anything, just kind of tell, like tell people who, who are unfamiliar what 10,000 miles is about. 10,000 Miles is a story of two brothers named Bryce and Chris, who, ever since they were 10 years old, have been doing what I like to call little mini-adventures. And even though they're young, even though they, their skills are great, people keep underestimating them. And so when they keep doing these tasks, they get labeled the impossible kids. But then life decides to throw them a curveball at around 18, and they're going to be separated for the first time. So they decide, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out with one last great adventure. And they decide to dig their way to China. <laughs> and that's what I was talking about. You know, that's a, it's that's such an ingrained part of the lexicon of people that people talk about it. Uh, and it's it's compelling to me to to see it um, to see it in comic form, not only be. Not only because it's an it's an it's an adventure story, but it also looks like a uh, like a really good kind of a relationship story between these two brothers. It is. Like I'm yeah, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to to reading is I want to see the I want to see that dynamic. And you from everything you you've said and everything I read before, yeah, these are, these are kids who they've spent their whole lives you know um, defying. Um, well, not you know, defying in the sense of being like bad kids, but kind of defying the odds, defying, yeah, uh, defying expectations. Exactly, expectations, defying the preconceived notions of what they can and can't do. So right. it's gonna be interesting to see how that evolves when they start becoming, you know, that at this point they're men. Like, how do they how do they resolve the relationship that they have versus the relationships they're gonna have to start making out exactly. in the world. So that's that's actually, you, that's actually the crux of Bryce and Chris's story is that they've been together for so long, and now the idea of them separating, which mm -hmm. will happen, it terrifies them, and they're like, "What are we going to do without the other person?" Because Bryce, Bryce and Chris is such as brothers to mm -hmm. the to the maximum that they can be. They're dependent on each other. They rely on each other. You know, one is the thinker, the mm -hmm. other is the builder, and. They work so well together. The idea of not having the other to go on whatever their lives throw them on is insane to them, and that's why they're so desperate in a way to complete this one last mission to dig their way to China because they they almost don't want this feeling to go away. Mm -hmm. And so I love telling character stories, and for uh, this this is easily one of my one of my best stories, which I can say because I'm the writer, uh, <laughs> but. 
I loved I loved the interaction between Bryce and Chris, especially as they actually start the process of you know digging their way to China and things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mystery, you know, and all that. Uh, but it evolves, and they they grow through this adventure, which is of course what you want to see. But they do it in a way that's believable and true to who they are, which is what I always which is what I always strive for. So yeah. I look forward to for people to see this when it's done if we get funded. You know. Yeah, and that's and that's part of what's so compelling about it is is that you have these characters who, um, even from what I've read uh, and, and what I've seen, like you can tell just from their relationship, and even if you if you really think about it, just the fact that their identities have been so kind of you know intertwined that yeah it it. it it's going to be interesting psychologically to see how they, not 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 even not even just physically how they separate, but emotionally how they separate. So I would that's so that's one of the reasons why a, a story like that is something that I I want to read. So that's another reason why I'm kind of why I wanted to talk to you about it because I want to get this funded because I want to read it. I want I want ah, to read the whole the thing. question. The real question is: Have you pledged? Mm-hmm. I haven't pledged yet. Oh, but you know, it is payday, so you know as soon as bills come out of things and uh, and it and the first week of school and children's clothing and things are paid for, then pl- I will okay. definitely pledge. Okay. And then okay. and not only will I pledge, but I will uh, I will email you that I've pledged, so you can see so you can see it. I, I, I demand proof. I demand proof. <laughs> exactly. Pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah. But, <laughs> Or I want an email saying that Darren generally pledged to my Kickstarter. So, (laughs) I'll definitely do so. But my first question is, and we we just kind of uh, talked about it, but I really do kind of want to know, like, where did the inspiration for this for this story come from? Like, where did where did Ten Thousand Miles? Like, what were what were you doing when you thought, you know, what this is a story I want to tell? Okay. Well, the inspiration came from a show a long time ago called scooby-doo where are you there you go mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it's true i there was an episode where the gang gets lost again and there's a <laughs> sign on the side of the road and it's pointing straight to the ground and they go shaggy what does it say and he goes like it says china ten thousand miles that away <laughs> and i'm like i've always remembered that joke and then as i went on you know in life i just i kept seeing the mm-hmm. referencing to digging your way to china there was a Let's see, there was a honeycomb commercial about it. It was in like an Adams Family yep. cartoon. And it just, I kept seeing it. And then uh, I was working at a day job, and there was this contest going on for Oni Press where you could make any submission you want to their publishing. And I had just submitted my previous comic, Home, which didn't get published by them, but I made it anyway. And I was like, well, it's always best to, you know, double your odds. So I hmm. thought, what would be my next story? And at the time, uh, Pixar was releasing The Good Dinosaur and as I really started to think about Pixar films the question was what is the crux of every Pixar film and the answer I found was what if mm. what if a meteor missed the earth and didn't kill the dinosaurs what if my yeah. toys could talk what if there are monsters in the closet mm. you know and so I'm like well, what would be my what if story and then Scooby Doo popped back into my head <laughs> like what if two kids could dig their way to China and like so I just like okay let's start with that so it just started growing from there and eventually 10,000 Miles was born and you know again we didn't get into Oni Press sadly but it stuck with me and so after Home was done which we finished this year 
uh, I was like, okay, it's time. So, and I call it my Disney Pixar film for that reason because it, I feel it's a, like a Disney Pixar story. It's got engaging characters. Mm-hmm. It's a fun adventure story. There's comedy, but there's also a deep meaning to what I'm trying to tell here. And I, I call it an all ages graphic novel because it's 72 pages of one journey. And I, I truly believe that anyone can read it and enjoy it. Yeah, and I definitely got the got the sense just looking at the pages on your Kickstarter, um, because it, they were so uh, visually uh, visually stunning. Like I I yeah. love the I love the artwork as well. Yeah. It 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 is kind of have that um, the kind of classic uh, Disney character style to it, but not... my art. My artist is Alex Garcia, and he actually worked with me on my other comic series, Guardians, like all 20 issues. And I had another artist at the beginning, but then he got, we had to drop out, which was fine. And I'm like, I want to make this. I need someone I can count on. And the only person I could think of was Alex. And so I contacted him. And I'm like, okay, this is totally different from Guardians. It's not the same style. I need something different. He goes, okay. So I sent him a picture of, a, of another children's book uh, called The Princess Who Saved Herself mm-hmm. uh, by Greg Pock. I loved that visual style, and I'm like, I want to do something like this. And so he did it, and I looked at the pages, and had to, you know, naturally do some adjusting and whatnot. But it grew into what you see, and I was terrified because this was so different from my other comics, so different from Guardian, so different from Home, which was another artist. Mm-hmm. And but then I started showing it to people, and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. I'm like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, this looks like great stuff. And I'm like, so it really gave me the confidence. And so we have the first 20 pages done. The first 11 are on the Kickstarter because I don't want to spoil too much. But uh, yeah, and I can't wait for the other uh, 52 pages, which is what the Kickstarter is funding, to be made because there are some really cool pages that I can't wait for Alex to draw because he is he is truly magnificent when it comes to art. Oh yeah, it, it like I said, it, it looks it looks amazing. It's a really great story, but I want to know how does the uh, and just because this is a question I just kind of ask like all creators, especially comic creators, like how does the collaboration work between a writer and an artist? Like how do you like I know it, and I've gotten different answers about like different uh, how different processes work for for each person, but how did it work for you? Like was it a script? first that you send to him where there are conversations in between like what how does he visually match your uh match your story is it all or is it all just kind of is it all just kind of storyboarded out or uh or written out kind of like with a screenplay at its crux i make demands he fulfills them i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding uh we actually have a very intricate process. It, it, it's come from you know twenty issues of a superhero comic to you know ten thousand miles. Um, I, get, I write the full script. I, get, I, I do it all, and then I send it to Alex. And usually he goes with a light sketch. Uh, mm-hmm. With ten thousand miles, a little bit different because it was a different style. But essentially, he gives me like a pre-final version, and I look at what I see, and I'm like, okay, that's good that's good let's tweak that tweak that you know it's back and forth so uh and now sometimes he does ask me to trust his vision and i absolutely do mm-hmm. but there's also times where i need him to trust my vision of what i want to see yeah and you know it's it's a very much a collaboration and i trust alex but alex trusts me and um if i ask him to change something he will and 
more often than not, it's it's what I want. So because you know, there's always there's always that you know what if I tell you to picture a box, you're going to see it in one position, but mm-hmm. I'm going to see it in another. Right. And it's not that either of us are wrong. It's just that you're not. If I didn't. It's our perceptions yeah. are different. It's our perceptions. So like yeah. I've 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 said you know like hey I need these two people standing like this and he does it but not in the way I intended. Mm-hmm. So you know you I've always I, I heard a Marvel writer once say never correct your artist and <laughs> as much as I admire that I can't do that because I'm too narcissistic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my vision or the highway. No. Uh, but there are things that I need to have seen. And mm-hmm. then there's other times where I can be more liberal, and that's fine. Um, so, like, there's this, there was this picture, that, that the one you saw, of uh, Bryce and Chris capture a mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Because they can. And, uh, and I'm like, I want the most adorable picture of these two hugging that mountain lion. And... Alex just killed it. And I had him change like one thing on the mountain lion, but mm-hmm. it was like the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Yes, yeah, it was. It was kind of like it was great. Uh, but then another time, he uh, the the very first page, he uh, had Bryce driving the uh, a machine, which I won't spoil. But he had uh, Bryce like arms fully extended, driving it like this, and I'm like mm-hmm. that's not natural. So I'm like, relax it, you know. A natural driving pose, you know, yeah. ten and two, and all that, and you know, th- those are just the little things that I think of because I'm like, I wouldn't, I won't, I don't drive like this. I, I drive comfortably, even in the face of stress. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, so. I mean, it's kind of the difference between you know, um, between having the the look of driving and then an artist wanting to make it look as dramatic as possible yeah. because of yeah. the because of the circumstances. Yeah. And, yeah. I'll, and I'll, I've also learned at times with, especially with my series home to, you know, again, trust my artists. And if they feel an objection that I, I will listen to, like there's this one time I wanted this character, like in such detail, but the character was like that big. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. People can't see me. It's like uh, less than an inch, like way less than an inch. Right. And I'm like, I want this detail. And she goes, listen with the text and everything in the perspective you're not going to see the detail, even if I put it there. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Because I don't think of that kind of stuff. I just think I want I want the details. I want all the details. I want them on my face. I want them on the armor and everything like that. <laughs> uh, but it, every artist is different. I mean, like you said, you, you said you heard that before. Every artist is different. And uh, I've worked with people who, you know, they prefer for me to trust them. Alex is more liberal. He'll he'll t- He'll let me tell him the things I need, which is great, which is why I trust him a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always a process because, you know, the writer wants it to be viewed one way. And then, you know, the artist wants to, you know, express as best you can, but it's, it's always a balancing act. And, but with Alex, I am very comfortable. I would put Alex against any DC or Marvel artist. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen some Marvel and DC artists who I believe can't draw as good as Alex Garcia. And that's not an insult. That just shows how good Alex is. Oh, no, so. and I'm with you. Like that's one of it's yeah. it's one of the things again that uh, that brought me into uh, brought me into the pages that I read was just how visually beautiful they are. Like they are really good. they're really good. And I and to what you were saying, it's like yeah, absolutely. I could see 
I could see, and this actually kind of goes into my last question that I that I ask uh, creators, but I could see him like taking on like a uh, a, a you know a Marvel or a DC yeah. or an Image. Uh, I would be so design. proud if they hired him. Oh yeah, I mean that, they should definitely take a look at. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, what were you about to say? Look, I was just gonna say that uh, the ultimate compliment I can play Alex is for all comic fans out there, they'll understand this. If I, which I am. If I am Scott Snyder, then <laughs> Alex is my great Capullo. Okay. Because those two work so well together. They, oh, yeah. We've seen, you know, their their glory with Batman and just mm-hmm. it's like and the DC Metal, which just came out. Well, yeah, I do a. Uh... He, he is my great Capullo because I can trust him to deliver all the shots. So. Awesome. Yeah, because I um I. I talked to, I've done like maybe like six, seven interviews with Scott and uh, with Scott Snyder and he. Oh, jealous. <laughs> well, they're, they're amazing. You can, if you go to, uh, if you go to Geeks Worldwide uh, at the GWW.com, you can read, um, you can read and just like click on my name. You can read all of the uh, interviews I've had with, with Scott. And um, he was actually on the podcast a couple of uh, episodes back just kind of like a, a a pre-metal thing but yeah he he's he's a huge like he's hugely into collaboration and from and again back to what you were saying like just um he he loves talking about the people he works with let's talk about the artists so that's that's definitely uh gratifying for for me as a fan to yeah. know that the to know that the team is working as a team yeah. And, and to be clear to all your listeners, no, I'm not actually on the level of Scott Snyder. <laughs> just I was joking. Do, no, do not, no, don't don't sell yourself. Do not sell yourself short. Like it's well, a great. Considering I'm not in DC Comics right now, I can't. Even, I shouldn't even. But say I'm saying it's a great. Sense. It is a it is a really great story, and it's a great concept, and it's, it's definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about it because, like, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I give, I'll get as. I get as personal as I as I can, and I don't really get personal, but I'll get personal. I have a twin brother, yeah. so me and uh, the relationship between uh, between the brothers in your book kind of mirrors a lot of the conversations I had with my brother growing up. Like it was always one of the things where like one of us, like I was, I was pretty much more the idea the idea man and he was the he was the doer he was the one that would go out and do it now we didn't necessarily what we were doing wasn't necessarily you know constructive (laughs) it would be something along the lines of hey you know let's you know dangle our little brother out of a second story window by (laughs) by bed sheets and see if he can go wrong exactly you know see if he you know place we're gonna play spider-man out the window but let's say but it's just the the uh the relationship was between uh, between them it just it mirrors uh my relationship with my brother so that's definitely uh that's definitely from a that's definitely something that a good writer can elicit so they yeah. said don't say so sure that's right? what i wanted i wanted bryce and chris to be relatable even though they're about to do the most unrelatable thing mm-hmm. you can think of and that's why i spent like 20 pages getting to the point where they're going to say, hey, let's dig our way to China, because I wanted people to understand how important this relationship was. Mm-hmm. Because I could have just walked in, you know, like, do get, you know, five pages and say, hey, let's dig our way to China. Sure, let's do it. But it wouldn't have meant as much. Yeah. But by building up Bryce and Chris, by showing people what they've done, it's 
it allows me to say, hey, this really doesn't matter that they're about to be separated. And, you know, you understand that they're, they want this one last adventure. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm glad it, it, it resonates with you. That means I'm doing my job. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, you set up some really interesting stakes that I, that I would love to see uh, play out. Like, I want to yeah. see, I want to see this journey. So, uh, for, like I said, we're definitely going to um, talk about the, the Kickstarter and have links to it uh, on yep. Both the website, uh, both on my website, on Geeks Worldwide, on superpowerfancast.com. I'm going to have it on the link on this on this podcast episode and, and talk about it because I, I want people to to experience 10,000 miles and I want to read the final product. So, Thank um, you. Oh, absolutely. So part of the thing that I saw is that you have some rewards yes. for people who pledge. So what yes. what are the rewards for, for people who pledge? Um, okay. On your Kickstarter for ten thousand miles. Well, just in case nobody uh, nobody knows what Kickstarter is, Kickstarter is a crowdfunding service in which you pledge money to see certain things happen and be made. So if you fund my project, you're helping fund the final fifty-two pages of ten thousand miles and uh, seeing the comic made for real. If you pledge to any amount, you could get a rewarded return. And I made sure that I have rewards for every. Uh, Financial availability, let's call it that. Uh, for example, you could pledge $1, and you'll get a thank you email from me, because well, even $1 helps. It really, really does. If you like digital comics, I have a $5 reward where you can get the entire 10,000 miles uh, book and a PDF for 5 bucks. That's 72 pages. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good deal. Or if you want to get as much digital comics as you can, you can pledge to our $15 reward tier, where you'll, sorry, where you'll get all of Guardians, my other series, all of Home, my other series, and tw- uh, 10,000 Miles. That's 26 comics for $15. Mm-hmm. If, but I know that people say, I want the comic in my hand. So uh, we have the $25 reward, which is you'll get the full uh, book in uh, paperback. And then uh, we also have a, a special, you can get your name in the comic via a thank you section. That's a $30. You can also get the p- paperback of 10,000 Miles and the PDFs of Guardians and Home. You can get drawn into the comic. That's one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Yes, you can get drawn into the comic. Uh, it's $50. And it's we have, let's see, I think at last tally that we have 25 slots left. For that mm-hmm. to happen, so definitely, if you want to get drawn to comedy, definitely got to pledge to that. <laughs> uh, if you are an artist and you want to get your work published in a comic, we have a tier for that. You can pub- you can uh, draw a piece of uh, one of our ten thousand miles characters or all of our ten thousand miles characters, and we will publish you with your name and the website should you have it in the back of the book. Nice. So yeah, I want to help everyone, which leads me to the seventy five dollar reward tier. Uh, if you are a writer. And you've always dreamed about making comics, but you don't really know where to start, or you want to talk to someone who has published books like I have. Uh, I will talk with you via Skype. I will help you on your own journey to make comics, and if you want, I'll even do a review of a script you have done. Don't worry, I won't steal your idea. I have enough of my own. <laughs> oh, so it's like, well, how are you not going to steal my idea, dude? I've done twenty six comics. It's not like I'm lacking for ideas here. Exactly. So, and I've got another series already in the works. So it's just like I'm covered. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we I'll do that for ten people should they want it. I'm here to help because people helped me get this far, and I am eternally grateful. And they just asked me to pass it along when I can. So here I am. And then uh, if you 
only want physical comics. If you want to read everything I've ever written, we have a $150 reward where you'll get all 26 issues of my comics, 10,000 Miles, Guardians, and Home. So Nice. Yeah. Thank you. So, so as just... you can see, digital comics, physical comics, mm-hmm. I got stuff for artists, I got stuff for writers. I, I got everyone covered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you, got, you got definitely have the definition of something for everyone. So that's... That's amazing. And I'm going to encourage everyone to to go to the Kickstarter page and pledge because this is uh, I keep I, I keep saying it. It's a it's a great story and I want to see it finished and Thank I you. want I want to read it. And um, so and this kind of goes into um, my last question that I that I ask. So we've talked about that, you know, uh, not neither one of us is working for Marvel or DC. But if you had your choice to write for any character, doesn't matter which company, uh, what would the character be and what story would you like to tell? Okay. I'm going to say two because it's it's important. Absolutely. As many as you want. For the record, I would work for both DC or Marvel, but it's tough because I can think of the characters I want to work for it at DC. And it's not the characters you think. With Marvel, I feel like there's more of a variety, that there's potential for stuff that I can't even process. They say, hey, what would you like to write this? I mean, look at what's coming in Marvel Legacy. So, mm-hmm. you never know. With DC, yeah, they do take a lot of risks. I mean, we saw, you know, with New 52 and Rebirth, you know, the, all the characters they brought back. So, you know, there's a lot of potential there. But mm-hmm. if I was to work at DC, I want to write two different, two characters. One, I want to write Shazam. Oh, okay. I love Shazam. He is my hero. He is a character I resonate with. I was so happy when Jeff Johns wrote him back into the New 52, Mm -hmm. the way he did as a true magical champion with the epic new look. And, uh, you know, further differentiating him from a Superman clone, like he's wrongly called. And, (laughs) but then he, nothing, then nothing happened. You know, he was in the Justice League. He was part of uh, the uh, Trinity War and, you know, Forever Evil and all that stuff. And, then he just disappeared. I'm like, where's Shazam? They you spell this time building him up, and then he's gone. So I want Shazam because I want to tell his story. Because even though I know the movie's coming in, this won't happen. I want to write a Shazam TV series, nice. like on the CW. And I have concept <laughs> art for it. I even have you know 62 scripts written for it because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I get obsessive at times. No, there's absolutely uh, nothing wrong with no. staying creative. That's... Thank you. And well, it was actually because of the scripts that helped me get into comic writing. So you know, it really, it really helped me. So that's why I have an even deeper connection to Shazam. Mm-hmm. And he's just a fun character. I'm so sick and tired of people saying, "Oh, he's just, a, he's just a Superman wannabe." Like I will knock you out, okay? <laughs> and every time I look in media, it seems like Superman is killing Shazam or beating Shazam, even though it shouldn't be that way. But because of the vulnerability down, to magic, calming down, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so yeah, but Shazam is always important to me. But the mm-hmm. other one, and this is a kind of a recent love that I've gotten, I want to write a Poison Ivy solo series. Really? Right, Poison Ivy, she has quite a following, actually. You might have even mm-hmm. heard of it. They're called the Poison Ivy League. Yes. And I have a friend in the league. Uh, I call her Red, for obvious reasons. <laughs> and uh, she convinced me about how important Poison Ivy is. And I just started to think about, I'm like, okay, should the opportunity come 
what would I what would I write for Poison Ivy? And then I just started thinking about this very intricate story about Poison Ivy saving the world, like the world itself, mm-hmm. you know, the actual Earth, and but doing it in a way that's you know non murderous, non violent, because or not okay, not 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 fully well, not non violent, <laughs> right. not not murderous like she's been depicted uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of media, sadly, and it just appealed to me because. This is a rather deep character. She's not like the other uh, Batman villains because she just wants to save the planet. And writers like Gail Simone and Amy Chu, who did the Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death miniseries, they just really nailed the character and showed that she's multi-layered. And I feel that there's a great story there if I had got if I get ever get the chance to do it. And so, should DC ever come a knocking, uh, <laughs> I would say Shazam and Poison Ivy because I feel there's a lot of potential for both those characters. Awesome, awesome. I said once you get ten thousand miles finished, I would definitely send it to uh, send it to DC because I think they uh, would. Yeah, I uh, I have met a few DC editors and you know I, I and Marvel editors and I've given them my stuff, but I would love mm-hmm. to give them ten thousand miles and say this is like the best work I've ever done. Read it, read it now. <laughs> Hire me. Mm-hmm. That's and the dream. And... My dream is to work at Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, uh, Boom, Dynamite, any of them. I I want to write comics i love writing comics i want to i love writing character stories and as much fun as it is writing my own stories which i will never stop doing i know i want i would love to take some of their characters and see what i can do with them oh yeah yeah. so well that's awesome i mean and um i like i keep like i keep saying (laughs) um go to the kickstarter page and and pledge and you, once you read the first few pages, you're gonna want to read the rest. So, so definitely go there. Like, do you, um, can you give me the URL here? Or you just want to uh, have me just? I, I I got one. I got one. Uh, th- we did a t- we did a short link for it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash ten thousand miles comic. Nice. So that'll take you right to it if you want to go to it now, or if you want to look for the link in the the GWW or all the podcast pages you can do there but tinyurl.com backslash 10,000 miles comic they'll take you right there alright I said I'll be going there and I will be sending you proof that I've that I've been but but Todd Black I really want to thank you for your time this evening I'm I'm happy it really makes me happy when I hear people like you Darren you know say oh I love this comic I love the pages I've seen I want to read more because it means I'm doing something right and you know we're at the time of this recording you know, we're over 50% funded on the Kickstarter, which is great. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still I'm just trying to say, OK, we still got to get the other 50% though. So yeah. that's why I'm hoping your viewers will listen and say, yes, I want to see these two kids dig their way to China and, you know, go to the <laughs> Kickstarter and pledge. Because I this story has been in my mind for years. I totally wanted to, you know, be out into the world. So oh, yeah. And, it, ho- and hopefully they'll help. Yeah. And one of the things that that. Uh, that makes it resonate is that it does feel so personal. So yeah. I, so I, I, like I said, I definitely enjoy it. I, I encourage everyone to go to the uh, to the Kickstarter and pledge. And I'm going to be pushing it like everywhere. You're going to be seeing the tiny URL like I look forward like, to it like everywhere. But uh, Todd Black, thank you so much for your time, and I and I would love to talk to you again. After you get after the after the funding's completed, and yeah. just kind of uh, just kind of you know get your get your reaction, and then um, 
I would love to talk to you once uh, once ten thousand miles is completed. I, I would be honored. All right, all right. So for uh, Superpowered Fancast, this is Darren saying, "I'll talk to you all another time." I still don't have a catchphrase. I need like it's. I'm, I'm twenty. I'm like twenty something episodes in, and I never know how to end one of these. So, my. All right, so there you have it. It's another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. I know. I know I'm getting redundant with the with the the endings. It's, it's almost more endings than a Lord of the Rings movie, but I want to get the information out there. I and frankly, what I really wanted to say is, everyone who uh, listens to the podcast, everyone who's downloading it, everyone who's who's tweeting about it, everyone who's going to the website superpoweredfancast.com and subscribing and and sharing articles and commenting, thank you so much. Like sincerely, I I'm I do this. This is definitely a labor of love for me. Um, this is something that just from the offset, I love to write. I love just everything that I all the things that I say to people about the things that I'm a fan of. Um, if I can't get to those people in time to talk to them, then you know the the thoughts are still there and they're whirling around. And and this has been probably the best experience I've had in a long time just having the opportunity to just write those things out and then getting to meet and know people who share those same interests so I want uh, I really appreciate everyone who um, who has allowed everyone who's allowed me to continue doing this because uh, I, I I've yet to be discouraged in anything regarding this and, and I continue to be encouraged um, by my interactions with all of you and I'd like them to continue so uh, please um, uh, send me an email uh, with anything you want to talk about any topics you want to discuss any articles you want to you want to see like um, at superpowered superpoweredfancast at gmail.com can follow me on Twitter at superpoweredfan, and I will follow back. And you can uh, leave comments and questions on any of the articles you see on superpoweredfancast.com. Now, I am making a lot of changes to the site. I am adding some new features, and I want to get your feedback on them. Um, because the name is Superpowered Fancast, I'm adding a feature every Friday. There's, there's actually even a, a menu item is going to be called Fancast Friday, and we've already got our, our we've already got my first uh, Fancast Friday article up, and it is because in honor of uh, Stephen King's It, um, the coming out in September. Um, is this September or October? Well, it's coming out soon. I know it's I think it's September, and I know I'll be there to see it um, and have my review. But in honor of that film, uh, I've also decided to uh, fan cast the next part, which is all of the kids from the Losers Club as adults. So go to the website, superpoweredfancast.com, uh, click on Fancast Friday, and you'll actually be able to see um, my picks of who should be uh, the Losers as adults. And let me know what yours are. Like, let me know what well, what you think. What are your... Um, ideas about who should play Bill Dembro, Richie Tozier, and all that. Uh, I would love to hear them and, and uh, I may compile them and just kind of, and, and put them, um, put them up on the site for others to see. 
But, um, and like I said, again, I really appreciate everybody. I appreciate everybody who's, uh, who's contributing, who, who's being a part of this with me. And I, I'm, I'm, you encourage me to continue on the journey and, and I'm going to keep going. Um, so for Superpowered Fancast, uh, this is Darren signing off saying, see you next week. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!